Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Erica Vila, a member of the Golden State Track Club and an accomplished miler who is currently in Flagstaff for winter training. We had a great conversation about his transition to more strength-based work, uh, his love for speed suits, why he races with a chip on his shoulder, and of course his pitch for the taco truck mile. Uh, Eric will be running the Texas Qualifier on February 27th, so definitely check him out there. Uh, This episode, the audio was a little swampy at parts, but we patched it up the best we could, and it was a lot of fun, so I hope you'll enjoy. Until next time, I've been David Milley, and this is Run Your Mouth. Could just get started and get rolling. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Milley. Uh, and this week, our guest is Eric Avila, uh, Adidas athlete, San Diego native. You consider yourself a native? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Who's in training in Flagstaff at altitude right now? How's it going, bud? It's going well, man. Going really good. I'm excited to uh, chat with you and catch up. I mean, last year I didn't get to go to Boston. Um, I guess after indoors, you know, yeah, I didn't get to go back. And usually I go back all the time. We we had cross paths, but last year we didn't really get to. So I think yeah, I, well, I was gonna say I think that I remember the last time I saw you was us being on the same flight to Atlanta for uh, oh, trials. Yeah. I forgot about that, <laughs> dude. That was actually hilarious. That that was a crazy twelve hours. Yeah, the, the desperate everyone leaving the uh, the last chance meet in Boston and heading down for the race. That was a uh, that was a long night. Yeah, yeah, that was a long night, man. That was funny. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we, we yeah, that was cool. Man. That was a that was a fun weekend though. I mean, Atlanta was that was so cool. I hope we can get back to something like that. You know, with competitions. That was. I'm glad we went. I think it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially now, looking back, you're like, thank God I, I saw the race as well I could, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's, it's crazy. Well, how are you doing? Doing good. How's, uh, how's Flag treating you? Uh, Flag's really good, man. Uh, it's a little quiet right now compared to, I was here last fall as well. Um, there's a lot of people here in the fall, but it's a little quiet right now. There's some groups, but the snow has been, uh, it's been kind of gnarly, so everyone with that and then COVID, but it's good. I mean, it's sunny and I mean, I like flag, so it's easy to get down the mountain. I went down to Phoenix yesterday. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite for a training location in terms of flag versus uh, San Diego, Oregon, all the, all these places you've been? <laughs> uh, I like flag a lot, mainly because the people, and I'm like, a, I like, a, I like working with people. I'm not the biggest lone wolf. Um, I like a house full of energy. So last fall, we I was in Flag and we had a full house of like six or seven people. I think it was maybe eight at one point. There was a lot of the Jacuzzi boys. They came out and stayed with me. Oh yeah. M. Abrahamson lived with me, and we had a house full. So that makes training so much more fun. But I think that's why I like Flag. But as far as like weather in San Diego is hard to beat. I mean, it's perfect. You know, like, like that's great. Um, I just don't particularly have all the same partners. And so after a while, it gets a little stale. And uh, to me, maybe the beach is very distracting. So, <laughs> so uh, which is fun, but, but yeah. And then Oregon's amazing as well, but um, I, I like the altitude. So who's the squad them. right now for, for training partners? I know there's kind of a little bit of a, a splitting off of the Golden Coast squad. Yeah. So who's your, who are you training with these days? Um, I've got, there's a couple of guys in San Diego. Reed Buchanan's down there. He uh, he lives there permanently now. He just got engaged to Sarah Pagano, and so he actually lives a couple of blocks away from where I, I was living in San Diego in North Park. So him and I would link up, but when it gets more specific, he I mean he does like marathon stuff, and so we could get our mileage in, and then at some point we kind of split off. Especially last fall, we split. Because he was working for the, uh, he was training for the marathon project in Phoenix, and I was gearing up for a track 5K, so it didn't really match. But 
he's kind of been like the guy that I've been dealing with a lot. Uh, Christian Harrison's down there. He's an 800 guy. He ran for BAA. He used to live in Boston as well. Um, he cross yeah. He was there. Um, but he's coming off a of killer surgery. So he's a little dinged up. And so those are the main two guys that I link up with. There's a, uh, there's a marathon group, the San Diego Track Club Elite in San Diego. And they have a couple of good guys. They have a couple 216, 217 guys and uh, 103, 50 guys. But um, they, I mean, they run every day at like 6.30 or 7 a.m. And so, so if I get up, I'll meet with them maybe once or twice a week. But um, they have jobs and stuff. And so a lot of times they're out there at 6.30. So. Yeah, yeah. I had to run at seven the other morning, and it was like the earliest thing ever. <laughs> um, I'm usually able to, to sneak out during the day, and I'm just so not a morning person uh, yeah. that, that if I can avoid running early, I will. It's not my favorite, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, sleep is important, right? Yeah, it's, I'm just being good training. I'm not being lazy. That's, uh, that's what I'll tell myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So do you still live in the same house? Uh, when you're I just moved. Uh, well, not just moved, but last fall I moved from uh, Kinross to to a new spot with uh, with my teammate Jeff and then Sydney, who's one of my college teammates. Well, you keep been busy with this. Looks like I, I always yeah. see now. When you messaged me, man, I was laughing. I was like, yeah, I actually did want to get on the podcast at some point. I was hoping to be in person, but obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask about. Um, the 5k because i feel like you've been you've been like rolling this 5k racing for a little while now and is that is that a permanent change or is that just sort of been what's been bridging the gap between now and, and next summer or? yeah um it's kind of been like a, a gradual transition uh when i joined terrence he kind of thought that i was a 5k guy um but i had like no experience with mileage or anything i hadn't done anything significant to be an aerobic athlete my aerobic system was terrible when i joined Terrence, <laughs> and then when uh, he started ramping me up it was must have been 2018 um i would get like shin splints and little things pop up and so then he was just like all right well you can't handle it basically so we'll just keep you <laughs> a smile and i had like relative success and then in 2019 was the one the year that i guess fall 2018 early 2019 was when we were like all right we're actually going to take a swim slide today and that indoor season was when I ran the two mile indoors um, in New York. And, uh, and then I ran it like a no rows, I ran a 3K. And I started doing long stuff because we were like going to actually take a swing at the 5K in, uh, in the outdoor season. Um, and then I kind of had like a little hiccup, an injury, a pop up. And I missed March and April and almost all of May in 2019. And so once you do that, it's, it's difficult to you know, like make up for lost time. So then when we finally got fine to run again, it was like end of May and, you know, USA's is around the corner and it's just like, all right, I guess we're running 15 again. And so that was 2019. And then since then I have had zero hiccups. So it's been almost a year and a half at least. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this past year, it was like 2020 hit, all the stuff went down. And Terrence and I were like, well, let's just use this year to like get strong if we wanted to. And like stacking that together and, and that's pretty much what's what december was and um it may be surprised some people and for me it was like a finally kind of a feeling like i kind of thought long I'd time that. coming yeah like it if anything i felt like i didn't really know what i was doing as far as racing tactics but i was very much like confident that i could have done that but um anyway yeah. I'll, i mean I'll, I'll probably do i'm gonna do another five foot here at the end of february so Maybe I'll get the tactics down and maybe we can run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, I feel like that's the nice thing is that coming from the mile, you're, you know, you are a little used to like positioning and tactical races and stuff. So you have yeah. that, that tool in the toolbox going into the longer distances. What are you doing for like mileage right now? Um, hovering around 90, 85 to 90 around there. Um, so, and it's been, my body handles it pretty well and I like altitude, my body likes altitude. So, that was kind of also the last fall when, when I had a chat, I said to him, I want to, I want to be out to more frequently over the next nine to six, nine months. We'll give ourselves a chance if we're going to look at the 5k. And at least when I was in college, um, when 
and I was relatively strong, my speed kind of came naturally and it kind of tripled down. And so we kind of thought if we can figure out the five kids and the idea is that the team can hopefully take care of themselves like this. Because a lot of times I have decent closing speed for the last 150 or 100 meters, but I'm never strong enough to be there to utilize it. At least I haven't been in the past. And so fingers crossed, we, yeah, I guess. Love to have a crack at the 5K in a serious sense. Also, I think that, you know, if I don't, um, I think it still puts me in a good position with the team. So that's kind of. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. What's the longest run you've ever done? Uh, 18. So you got to get that long run up. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Terrence's training is much more like high intensity. So, um, so yeah, 18 is my longest. I've done 16 mile long runs last like four weeks, basically. But um, my tempos lately have just been taking huge jumps. So my uh, my some of my long work, it, it's uh, I could tell that I'm I'm around 10k basically. That's what I was thinking. I was, <laughs> based on how I'm thinking, I was like, oh okay. And I did some workouts with like Johnny Gregorics in town and cross paths with Tingles a little bit, and it was just funny because I'm working out with them, and then I started realizing like. Like, I don't know if they're just a true miler or maybe they're like speed miler, but I have different tools that they don't have. And then they have different tools that I don't have. And it's funny. You just have to find a, a way to make it work for you, I guess. Happy so, medium. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's I feel like people don't realize how fast Johnny is. I feel like he kind of flies under the radar with that. Cause like, quick, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. definitely one of those guys that has that, like that true, like, you know, top end hundred speed, like when he needs to. So. <laughs> yeah. I did a couple of one fifties with him yesterday after the workout. And, um, that dude is so bouncy. Like I'm so much lower to the ground. And like, uh, like I said, looked like a distance runner. He is like way up on his toes and it's, it was funny. How does it, how does it feel to be like working with guys from a bunch of different groups? I mean, that's kind of obviously, you know, not, not something you can always take for granted in terms of kind of different styles, different coaching. Is it, do you feel like that's a, that's something you thrive from like having that kind of like different strokes all come together? Yeah, I kind of like it. Um, I mean, like I said, I like working on people rather than it helps to turn your brain off and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. You kind of like, like yesterday, you know, you have Johnny and then um, there's an Under Armour group that was down there and the New Balance Fugan group was down there and we had the track. And, um, everyone's kind of doing a little different, different things, but it kind of crosses over and um, you kind of do a little bit with them and then you do your own reps or something, whatever, like I said, you know, whatever you need to work on. And a lot of times we all know each other at this point, we've been in the game. We're all like, it's like a fraternity. So we'll be texting the night before to try to try to make it cross over. And then maybe one week someone will adjust their workout more to mix to make a match. Yeah, I feel like it's nice. Like track is so much more collaborative than that. I think people give it credit for. You know, it's like there's this perception that you know everyone's team's doing their own secret thing, and that you know it's like this idea of you know um. <laughs> training and and oh and no, you can't publish your workouts because your secret sauce of you know training will be like let out to the world, and then. Yeah, you see stuff like that and you're like, you know what, everyone, fitness is fitness. Everyone, you know, kind of rising tide lifts all boats and, and when folks yeah. are able to work together, they usually do. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you can know my workouts, but it doesn't mean you can necessarily let's do it or, yeah, be consistent enough. Like I told you, like, I could get Galen Rupp's workouts or Bowerman's, but if I can't string together, this is what I'm learning. If I can't string together 24 months or 18 months, it doesn't matter, you know, and, and, uh, at least that's how I feel. At least my body, some people maybe like Centro can get off the couch after a month and do something, but, uh, you know, good for him. I can't do that. So, um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's the training group environment works. And so there's teams that have big groups and I don't. And so Johnny and me and a couple other guys are maybe we are on our own or have smaller contingencies. Uh, it's cool. It kind of brings together have that just for those workout days it works it works pretty well here I mean yeah. yeah when when you I mean you've obviously been racing these guys for for whatever you know the longest time um yeah. and and especially in the mile it's so you know it's all it's the same squad you know the guys in the mile you know for same the last guys. five years or so yeah do you feel like that um when you are racing each other um do you 
do do people have their own quirks that you notice about one another of like oh this guy is always really quiet on race day or this this guy's a super weird superstition yeah. <laughs> oh yeah totally um yeah absolutely everyone has their own like thing it's almost like poker people have certain tells and once you're around them enough and uh you can start to learn it's funny but at the end of the day like it's one of those things where if johnny's fit it, it kind of it's like whoever is on the day is fit like i could get fitter than johnny in january maybe let's just say hypothetically but then we show up in june and, you know i can know his tell but if he's just fitter than me he's fitter than me and that's what i think it is a lot of times and a lot of times people are like oh Centro knows where to be and you know he always knows the position or whatever and i'm always and and that's maybe true to an extent but to be in those positions that he's in it takes a certain fitness level and then you know it's he's just fitter than us and then the next week he goes on 332 i'm like there see that's that's why he's able to make those moves and hold that position because you have to be so fit to be able to handle those moves and stuff so and that's one of the things that terrence and i came up with and he was like, all right well you just need to get fitter i was like okay <laughs> i guess we need to get stronger that's just for me you know so it is funny though. and when I actually when i did that 5k a lot of the these milers these american milers were like texting me kind of almost excited like oh cool you're out of this 15 right you're, you're oh, nice. <laughs> they're scared <laughs> yeah it was kind of funny i was like maybe i don't know if this awesome me goes goes like i would like I mean, who knows? so what is it for you then if uh either in training or in racing, like when you're, when you have that, like that animal fitness, what's the sign? What's the tell for, for you to know that it's there? Like, when do I know that I'm ready to roll or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. Come on. It's almost like I get confidence off of just consistency. And so, um, uh, okay. Like right now, like I think I'm in pretty good shape. I, I'm excited about the next month. Okay, the race is coming up. I haven't had any hiccups. And so that, that usually gives me confidence. And a lot of times if I get halfway through a workout and I guess, yeah, I, I'm not breathing that hard or then that gets me pretty pumped to know that I'm ready like, to go. And like yesterday I did a workout with, like I said, Johnny and some of the guys and it was a longer rep and I could tell it was one of those things like you're breathing and I could tell that I wasn't breathing as hard. That stupid little competitive thing got me excited. Like, I got a little yeah. They're hurting and I don't, I'm not hurting that bad. And, you know, and, so, but everyone, like I said, afterwards we did some 150s and Johnny lit it up. So I think <laughs> that gives me confidence. Yeah. That's definitely, I know for me, like I, I usually run seven days a week and I'll, I'll try to take a day off, you know, here and there, but I don't, I don't plan it. It's usually sort of when my body tells me to, and that yeah. you talk about the consistency, like that's a big sign for me is I'll just forget to take a day off. I'll like look back at my training log and be like, well, it's been six weeks and I haven't taken a day off. I might as well do, you know, do that one of these days. So that's definitely, yeah. if, you're, if you're looking forward to the day off, that's usually not a good sign that maybe your body's a little, little too tired. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's important to listen to your body. Like I, I, I don't know, like some people have a schedule. It's like, oh, it says this. And I'm like, but listen to your body. Like if you're really run down, take the day off. Like, it's fine. Especially if you have like a thing pop up, like a nickel or something on your ankle or whatever i think i think it's important to just call it and get on the bike and it's not the end of the world i don't know better better Maybe. to miss a day than to miss a week <laughs> 100 i'd rather miss i'd rather miss two days than miss two weeks yeah something like that. So, and that's what i'm noticing the biggest biggest difference from i guess 2021 compared to 2016 area do you um when you're like thrown down with these guys, you know, obviously it's been a while since you've been in college, but do you still ever have the like chip on your shoulder of like, Oh, I'm like, I'm the Naya guy. Like, I feel like people get really like hyped up about that. And, and I always wonder kind of how much, how much you think about that going into races is like, Oh, fuck these Oregon guys. Like I'm a, I'm an underdog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like on that chip. My shoulder has always been there. And I think it, is good and bad. I was talking to someone about how you can have it on your shoulder, but it's, I think sometimes important to be able to turn it off after the competitions as well, because you have to be able to have fun and make friends and stuff. But, but yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that chip's, that chip's always been there. It's still there. Uh, I always kind of think of myself as blue collar because I'm like, oh, well, I have, you know, whatever. it's a hard path or I did it. I made mistakes and figured it out. And then I went to NAI school. And then when I got out, I was Hoka. And I remember looking at OTC and Bowerman like i want to beat them they're the new Oregon ducks you know of the pro team and 
Um, and yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, especially now it's cool because I'm with Adidas and yeah, they're, they're a big company. Um, but there's not as many Adidas athletes as there are Nike athletes, at least. Especially in the distance local. races. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to have, you have to believe in yourself on the line. A lot of times you'll hear, uh, and maybe you've experienced this when you're feeling like burnt out or fried or tired, it's that chip on your shoulder. It, it isn't there. And I think that's actually like maybe a bad sign because sometimes that means you're not hungry. I think recently Kyle Merber said something in the podcast. I think it was to Chris Chavez and he said that he was on the line. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't feel excited to be there and whatever that is, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah it's always that's a big thing for me I think is like it's always been harder for me to run well in races where I don't necessarily have a realistic shot at winning like I've always I've always thrived on like the like if I'm competing for the win or even if it's like for you know team points or something like the the kind of stakes of it for me it's always better to have something that's not just like running fast you know, <laughs> and that's, I mean, I don't know if you're like this, but I like it when I can taste the front of the field. If I'm like mid pack or off the back, it's just harder for me to stay engaged, you know? Um, so especially in a distance race, like on track, 10K or 5K, I'd probably prefer to be in the lower section just so I can stay engaged. Yeah, it's, it is tough. Like, especially move, as I've moved up in distances, you know, it's like there are you know, most of the road, if I'm doing a U.S. road champs, like, you know, I'm not competing for the win at that, and, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a lesson that I'm still in the process of trying to learn in terms of trying to kind of like get my head straight for, for races like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Man. Yeah. What was your last race? Uh, uh, non-time trial. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I did, uh, well, I did a terrible race in New York last fall. Um, the race was fine. It was terrible for me. I was like really, I, I was really fit last spring, like as soon as we were in the height of quarantine and then like there was nothing. So I did like a couple of time trials and those went well, but like, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of like took it easy for a little while and then I kind of forced it coming back last fall. So last fall was all just like me trying to do these races, races and time trials and like just not being too tired, being too like ahead of myself. So I don't know. I feel good now, but I'm also not training for anything right now. So it's like kind of nice to be like, oh, the next race I'm signed up for is May. Like there's no rush, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the hardest part. Like trying to stay motivated. 2020, that was good. Yeah. That was like the hump to get over, you know? before we move on uh did you feel like you had a moment where you felt like you arrived when you're like okay I'm like I'm one of the big boys now like I'm here and I like I'm not just the guy the scrappy guy with the underdog story oh yeah that 5k that's that's what that 5k was for me I mean I think there was a photo that I posted of me like yelling across the finish line and kind of giving a big fist pump and it was because it was one of those things where I had proven to myself thought I had I thought I belonged but like at the same time my 1500 or my mile times are they're decent they're not they're not way up there like they're decent and I'm always good in really slow tactical races but I've never I've never been competitive and like flat out just haven't been and so every race that I've won or done well in was always like a slow affair where I could use my flat foot speed over the last 100 meters and then this was a challenge for myself to like yeah like I think, you know, win in a fast race. Yeah. Like run a fast time run, you know, and I even felt like I left a lot in the tank. I kind of ran safe. And so when I saw the time, I was like, I was pumped because I felt like, all right, I can do this. And I'm, you know, and I'm now here I am and let's, let's get to work. Let's do this. Cause now I feel like I belong uh, with these guys. Not to, not to, uh, change tracks a little bit here, but, uh, you're a big speed suit racer. Yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I haven't, I'm probably going to do that this next month. I brought it with me to flag so I can, if I need it. Um, I didn't race that 5K, but I might. Um, yeah, so when I was with Hoka, at least, they didn't have speed suits, at least when I asked. I thought it would be fun. 
it's it's like you know as much as the sport is it's an individual sport i also think it should be entertaining to people so whether that means you're you know you get a haircut if you wear a speed suit like the sprinters like the girls they get their hair down their nail done i think it's super cool um and so the guys i was like you know do a speed suit when i got you can get your nails done too if you want (laughs) i get my nails done yeah i haven't done that maybe i should um but uh yeah, I saw your nails when you were talking. <laughs> oh yeah, um, so this is a recent uh, stress relief thing. It's like yeah. nice to focus on. But yeah, so it's a it's a little bit like a, oh, this is a race, you know, like oh, I'm geared yeah, all yeah, the way yeah. up. You put the suit on, you feel good, you look good, feel good, kind of like that. And so I requested Adidas. I asked them. They don't send it to you. It's not like a they don't send it to the distance runners at least. And I asked them. They're like, oh, you you sure? I was like, yeah, send me the suit. Like I'm gonna rock this thing. And so it was in like summer 2018. I was doing those summer miles. I think I was doing like Murphy Mile in Memphis and then like some other ones. And I did it for one race, just for fun. And I won. And I think I beat like a decent field. Like Johnny was in it, and Craig was in it, and Ryan Hill, one of the guys. And I won. And then afterwards, I was like, well, shoot, probably should wear this again. Like, and then I don't know if I wore it again that year, but the next indoor season, 2019, I think that's when I met you. Um, I packed my speed suit and I thought I packed my single shorts, but I didn't. I like uh, on accident. Choice was made for you. Dude, right, exact choice made for me. I came over to Boston and New York and I was over for like three weeks and I was gonna do like three or four races back to back weekends. And yeah, I was like, oh shit. Like I just had the speed suit. So I ran every race that indoor season in the speed suit because I was like, well, I guess I'm wearing a speed suit. And then after that, it what you said i'm like well now i'm kind of known as a pizza guy and i do wear it from time to time and uh, i kind of flip flop so I, th- I think we chatted about this off the air but I, the question that i always think of is like five minutes before the race you're ready to go you have to pee how does that work <laughs> Dude, it sucks yeah yeah um i mean in general that thing's like a uh what's it called it, it's i mean you have to take the whole thing off. so if you go to the bathroom you, you pretty much you have to make it um <laughs> So oh, yeah, you're either gonna have to hold it or uh, literally like strip down and get in that bathroom. <laughs> you just hold it. <laughs> just hold I was gonna say, do you, uh, uh, I, I was gonna ask if you've ever had a, a moment where you're like, you know, <laughs> desperate. Yeah, I have. I, one time I had to go pee really bad. And sometimes with the shorts, you know, you can kind of like pull the shorts to the side and do your business and kneel down. I tried to do that, but I was in a suit and I pulled the leg tight way up and um i ripped the part of the instantine and then it was so it didn't work i got it i think i peed on myself like it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) and after that i was like i'm not doing that again i'm just gonna just have to deal with it yeah you know trade-offs yeah a little bit of both you just gotta plan ahead i guess for that reason i like wait to put the suit on and then and then yeah yeah well and so speaking of aesthetics uh is the is the stash here to stay uh maybe we'll see um it's just been at camp i had like a just a beard going last fall and then uh over christmas i was home and i was surfing with some friends and i don't know why some surfers if they had mustaches and then i just was like oh i like that guy's got a dope stash so then i didn't stash and then i kind of just kept it for this month um just again it just keeps things fun like you said you know we'll see i like to change things up a lot of Tinder matches with that one. <laughs> I don't think any of my Tinder photos are uh, have my mustache on, so they'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I feel like that's always a hit or miss. Like some people are really into it, and some people yeah. not at all. Sure, so you have sure. to do yeah. Once COVID is over, you will have to do some research and uh, yeah. report back. <laughs> I mean, I saw Craig last week, and he didn't have a mustache, and I was like, "What the heck, man?" He he too. He was like, "I like to change it up." I was like, "Okay." yeah well you know and he's like that that is that's always the um just like you're the speed suit guy it's like sometimes you're like funny bit now but now defines your brand and it's like that poor guy he's gonna want to like he's like oh i want to get rid of my mullet like but it's like no now that's his thing like he's got to roll with that for life i guess (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah oh man um so as a as a well i guess you know we're, we're not giving up the ghost and calling you a, a reformed miler just yet but uh 
if the if you had to come up with a gimmick mile, like a beer mile, but but you get to decide what the what the gimmick is, what are you going for? What's the the Erica Vila mile? Oh man, what's the Erica Vila mile? That's a good question. Um, I like tacos, and San Diego have these taco trucks. So All right. It would be I don't know the logistics behind this, and it probably wouldn't work, but. I've always wanted to put on a road mile in San Diego and there's this stretch on the boardwalk by the beach. So that, and that's just in general, but it would be so cool if there happened to be a taco truck at every quarter mile and you had to like eat. Grab it as you go, like a drink station. Like, yeah, tacos <laughs> and like maybe something like you have to have one or two tacos. It has to be like decent. Like one taco is pretty small. Maybe it's two. Um, but it would just be funny because the taco stand would be there and you have to send by. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, and if you get, if you get the taco trucks to sponsor it, you know, that's the, that's the yeah. branding right there. I, I love that. That's a good one. That'd be really yeah. funny and to watch too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a yeah. favorite yeah. Mexican place in San Diego? Oh, there's so many. Man. <laughs> I mean, I have my favorites for sure, but um, yeah, I mean, it's cliche to say that they have the best Mexican food, but I would say they, they have the best. <laughs> what's yeah. your go-to yeah. order do you have a standard uh yeah the california burrito it's it's pretty amazing i don't know if you've had that before but it's uh yeah it's essentially a fine side of french fries so it's like french fries steak and then it's like guacamole pico de gallo they'll put like cilantro in there and then depending on the taco shop they make it a little different you know so like every taco shop is a little different and how they like marinate the meat and stuff like that and um, the place I go to is called the Taco Stand, and they have this like amazing chipotle salsa sauce. That sounds very good. Oh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a as a San Diego, and are you a, are you a surfer by trade? I uh, I picked it up again last fall. So yeah, I mean, I, in high school, um, I guess in middle school actually, I remember I went to like camp surf. Camp that everyone does, you know, at least San Diego is pretty popular. Um, so I went to camp surf when I was like in middle school, learn, and then I surfed a little bit in high school. I wasn't like on the surf team, which we had in high school. I wasn't on the surf team, I think. Um, but I, I surfed, and then in college, I surfed a little bit, and then I like stopped. I when I moved to Oregon, I must have gone like eight or nine years. I don't know, I just didn't surf. Um, I was living in Oregon, and then when I come back, my board was like in my parents' garage i think it was just like in the attic and then last summer uh with covid and everything i i like kind of joined this like run club of community runners and it got disbanded because of covid they, they weren't having like they weren't letting anyone meet together but then a group of them they were like hey well we can't run together but like let's start a surf club and so they started a surf club so i uh i went from like all right well i haven't surfed in a long time I'll go surf with them. And then it like at one point I was surfing every single day and Terrence got mad. So he was like, dude. I was like, all right, sorry. Because <laughs> it, it is it kind of is like a bug. Once you get once you figure it out, it's like, oh, this is fun. Is it assuming you don't like uh you know like fall or get fucked up or anything, like is it yeah. I mean I have to imagine it's kind of draining in the same way that running is like it's cross training of a kind. Oh yeah, totally. So I took three weeks off in September from running and I think I surfed every day. And I actually remember I was like texting Nikki Hiltz like every other day. I was like, yo, come out. Like, like the break is great. I was like, come out. And and I uh and it, it was fun. And I think actually that was like the most active break I took. And my arms were just wrecked because <laughs> I don't time. But you're paddling, but you're not. Like half the time, I would say that when you're surfing, maybe more than half the time, you're just sitting in out in the water, like waiting for a set to come in. And so a lot of times we'll just be sitting there and the next surfer will be, you know, 10 or 15 feet away and you'd kind of be talking to them. And then you would talk as a wave a set's coming in, you'd be like, oh, you want this? You got this? Or, and then you try to gauge, you know, where the wave's going to break. It ends up becoming like a social hour. And uh, <laughs> my birthday is in October. And on my birthday, um, it was actually so cool. My, that group, they're like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I was like, let's just go surf all day. And we surfed for hours. I was exhausted by the end of the day. But, but out of those eight hours, five of those hours, we were probably just sitting there. Hanging out? Hanging out, What's... yeah. And then you like, <laughs> jump in the water, come back up, and then, yeah. And so it's not as rough as people think. It's just, 
Yeah. Getting past the break is hard because getting over the waves. That's hard. Yeah, not a not a bad setup. That's for sure. Nice, uh, nice off season activity. It was fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. I was like, I should. Why did I stop? This is fun. <laughs> so, now yeah. you come out. I have some learner, big learner boys. So that was my. Oh man, I. Don't trust myself at all, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll let you teach me a little. I'm, I'm, I, I, well, I swam before I was a runner, so like I can, I, I'm comfortable in the water, but I would not yeah. trust myself to balance well, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we have the linear boards are great, they're like eight feet with huge. Um, you'd be fine, you'd be all right. I mean, I broke right. one last time, you wouldn't break it if you did it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. So, uh, I was, uh, on Twitter last night, and now I have this question, and I have a question for you that I feel like we're gonna we might have to start asking people. Um, so you're drafting, uh, but we'll say we'll say five people uh, to survive a zombie apocalypse from the ranks of, and I think I'm gonna say we're gonna limit it to distance, mid distance, because it's like easy to be like Ryan Crozier, like he'll fight off. He's six seven, three hundred yeah, yeah, pounds. Yeah. 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 So we'll say you're taking five distance runners to survive a zombie apocalypse. Who are you picking? Oh man. Okay, you got to define the distance though. Like, are we going eight hundred up or like mile and up? I think like eight, like eight hundred up. Like anybody who has run a cross country race ever. <laughs> five people. Okay. Oh man, that's hard. You're putting me on the spot. I should warn people on this one. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just going through my head of like who's outdoorsy, like Ben Blankenship. I'm like, hey, Ben. Oh, yeah. I, like, think, I would just I think imagine if you Lopez would be a good one. Like, he'd be, he'd be well equipped. Yeah. 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 So I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd probably hit up Ben. I feel like yeah, that'd be that's a good answer. Um, so, like, Ben. Is that five including me or not including me? Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily include you. You, you can rec- recruit five people to keep you alive. <laughs> okay. Or we could okay. do four, Other, up to you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll do we'll do Ben, just because I think he could probably handle some shit. Um, and then, uh, man, I'm thinking of like, yeah, who could help you hunt and like who can like help yeah, who is uh I'm trying to think of who's from like you know the I Dakotas. Like and... Ryan, Hall in Ryan Hall looks like he can hold his shit down right now. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just his Instagram lately. And he he does live up in the mountains, so so I feel like we'll go ahead and we'll throw Ryan Hall in there. So Ryan Hall, Ben Blankenship. Um and then uh, I I've, I've been uh so funny i don't know her very well but molly Sidell's here and i she came over for dinner last week and i feel like she would actually fare pretty well she seems scrappy and she seems tough and yeah uh, i think molly's game like i feel like you'd be like you don't want someone hesitant like whatever you guys were having exactly. to do in the apocalypse she'd i don't want to have all just guys i think i think we yeah. might get some egos in the way so i think it's good to have some balance so i probably if i was to get some girls in there i'd probably ask molly i think i would be pretty baller um and then, uh, man, this is hard. Oh, you know who would be good? Is Ellie, Ellie Perrier, because she's like from Vermont oh, and like. Arm and stuff? Yeah. yeah. And she's, she's tough as nails. Ellie would be good. All right. So Ellie, Molly, Ryan, Ben. And then the last one, do. I don't know. I'll just say Justin Britton because him and Justin, I. Are both well, good. yeah, you got to document it. You know, you got to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, document it. Or nobody will know what we went through when we get taken down, and Justin and he's entertaining, and and he he'll balance everyone out. We'll have testosterone, and then we'll have, and then. Uh, well, then he also, out. if you need somebody to bike like a hundred miles to pick up supplies, yeah. he can do that too. <laughs> yeah, and he's just so easy to get along with too, and I think he's actually, yeah, I think. There you go. That's a good little squad. We might survive. Yeah, I like that in the video game. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. That's definitely true. Uh, Sweet. Well, what do you, oh, I know before we wrap up, I, I was asking, asked this on um, a different podcast that I was, I was going on, but uh, do you have a f- go-to cocktail? I feel like, you know, uh, the beer mile guys are cornering the market on like beer content, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, if you're ordering, if you're ordering or mixing a cocktail at a bar, what are you, yeah. what are you drinking? Oh, you're going to be disappointed in me. 
because I'm not much of a cocktail guy. I'm a beer and wine. Those are like my go-tos. Um, but but a gin, a gin and tonic is my is my go-to when I get my okay. Um, so I did have an old fashioned like a couple weeks ago. Um, it was interesting. I wasn't the biggest <laughs> fan. It was, it was heavy. I was like, this is this is wild. yeah bourbon. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah I don't have a bunch of experience. I uh, my brother and I brew beer sometimes and so you brew beer. Yeah, it's just like for fun. Uh, oh, that's I mean, cool. And what kind I mean, of beer do you normally brew? Uh, I mean, we usually brew like light IPAs. Um, I, I went through a big hazy IPA phase this past. I love week. hazy IPAs. And a ton of microbreweries in North Park where I live, and it's pretty cool. And one of the um, marathon guys that I run with from time to time, he's like a brewmaster at a St. Archer Brewer Brewery, I think it's called, in San Diego, and so. A lot of times he'll bring like a case of beer to our runs and stuff. And so that's good. Whenever I'm at training camps, I just have wine. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if it really matters, but whenever I'm Red, I red or white? Component, uh, red. I'd always get like a red, like a cab or a Merlot. Um, but a couple, like a year or two ago, I lived with Emily Lapari, Sarah Pagano, and a bunch of the ladies, Boston girls. And they had a glass of wine like every night, and I just started having wine with them. And after that, I was like, "I get used to this. Like, this is, yeah, it's good. Like, I'm not as bloated. Like, this is nice." So <laughs> that's like when I'm with the boys, it's beer, and then when I'm by myself, it's wine. I or with the girls, it's wine. So. Yeah, I've been my like treat yourself of of COVID has been like once a week I'll get like some sort of nice craft beer, and I like I try to get something new but local. So it's like kind of like a little challenge for myself. Um, but I definitely, I definitely have a couple extra pounds of beer weight right now. So <laughs> yeah, I will come off the holidays. I'm like back up to 90 miles a week now. So, so it'll, it's not long for this world, hopefully, but, uh, yeah. coming off the holidays, I was, I was nice and, uh, uh plump. <laughs> Man, you guys have like a treadmill or are you, I mean, you have to go outside regardless every day. Dude, we did. We did layered up and did 19 in the cold this morning. Um, we, I, I actually am a little, my kind of hot take is I, I'm pretty anti-treadmill. Like, I yeah. think yeah. there's, I can understand, I guess I can understand it for like workouts. If like, if we had like a really bad snow winter and we didn't have indoor track access, like I could yeah. see the value of get investing in a treadmill. But for me, I, I, it sounds mean, but it's like, I just think it makes you soft. Like I, Boston does not, you know, it's not Minnesota. Like we don't get weeks of sub-zero temperatures, you know, we get yeah. like a, a stretch like this or we get a couple of days when it's like, you know, under 20 and it sucks, but it's like, yeah. you know, five days out of the whole winter. And then I'm like, you know what, if you can't layer up and like commit to slipping around a little on some ice, like, you know, that's not, to me, at least, that's not worth the whatever the however much a treadmill costs, the thousand dollar investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, living in San Diego, so I can't really. I mean, we go out and go outside. But the last like week, I was snowed in here, and well, I I ran the treadmill probably almost every day. I think I ran outside twice last week, but it was coming down. Yeah, you guys, I mean, you guys got like three feet of snow or something like that. Yeah, That's it was crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, I would go in and the environment team was there and we would just kind of laugh and look at each other like, all right, I guess we're on the bed. Yeah, if you can't get out, if you can't physically get out to anywhere to run, that's different yeah. conversation. I will say my my soft move is that when indoor tracks are open, like, I'm not afraid to run, you know, close to an hour indoors. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll do endless 200 meter laps before I do like 20 minutes on the treadmill. I don't know. I just hate it. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's cool. just, we is used to have all closed down. What'd you say? Is BU, it's all closed down. Yeah, it's all closed. Just, uh, you know, like COVID precautions and everything, but like in college, even like, you know, Ithaca could get pretty cold and, and sometimes got snowy and we would, that we would have days where, yeah, we do, you know, we do nine, 10 miles just like around yeah. the outside of the indoor track. And it's, you know, it's like one of those misery, you know, bonding through misery things where it's like, oh, it sucks for all of the boys, but yeah. like, you know, we're all together. So it's like, it's nice from that sense. That's crazy. That's cool. 
All right. Well, uh, our, our last three questions to wrap it up once, uh, you know, we've been, we've been, time flies. Uh, I, I feel like uh, we're just chatting away and we're like at an hour already, but uh, oh, really? yeah, <laughs> we wrap up every uh, episode asking the same three questions of our guests. So the, the first one is your Instagram crush. What are you feeling on the gram these days? It can be a person, but it doesn't have to be. Like or and it doesn't have to be Instagram. It can be Twitter. It can be TikTok. Like whatever, whatever you're feeling these days, Instagram on the internet. Oh man, that's actually hard too. Um, let's see. Feels like a uh, like track athlete, or I guess in general, be whatever. Yeah, I people like it can be super random. (laughs) All right, yeah. There's a uh, 400 hurdler from Denmark named Stina Torres, and uh, she's been my Instagram crush for a while. Like, it's really cool, though, because I, like, Scandinavian stuff, I've never been there. But it's, uh, her stuff she shares is really cool. So she's beautiful, and also her stuff is, like, is just cool content. And, um, and, and like, her, she has good photography skills and stuff. So I'm like, this, this page is amazing. So. Yeah, dude, I, I've. That was, like, yeah. Speaking of hurdlers, I, I follow Carson Warholm on Instagram. Oh, and, yeah. like, it's not as much a crush as it is, like, he's he's just like crazy like yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, so entertaining yeah. like he's just a really just like I think just like high energy guy in all aspects of his life and so he definitely is a an entertaining follow for sure yeah entertaining follow I like that too yeah there's definitely some other ones uh one other one so so it's funny I don't have a tiktok I don't even have the app on my phone um and I, I don't know why but I just you know it's one of those things I'm like oh but I feel like I do have a TikTok because now on Instagram, there's reels, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's just, just like all TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. And so the other day I went down a rabbit hole where I'm just like scrolling and it was just reel after reel. And, and I was like, hey, hey, I have a TikTok, I guess. Like, I feel like yeah. I just, um, I'm, a, I'm a recent TikTok convert. And I will say like it is, it's very addicting in like the best way possible where it's just like, it's so, people, people are so funny like and like ridiculous with how creative you can get in like a short clip but yeah it's a it's a if you have uh you know an extra three hours to scroll on your hands every day um it's worth it but it's definitely uh, a blessing and a curse um but so the next one is your go-to karaoke song uh somebody hands you the mic it's your time to shine what are you singing the um darkness i believe in a thing called love nice that's a good one you ever done you ever done fifth half have you have you done the post uh, post karaoke there did you sing that i mean it's been a while it's a couple years now so yeah yeah who can still there i feel like i'm totally it closed yeah it was really sad yeah Yeah. you always wonder if stuff's gonna reopen under new ownership but that's yeah we'll have to find like a new new venue of some sort because hopefully we keep that tradition alive but man. yeah definitely <laughs> um and last but not least your death row meal you're going to the chair it's your last day on earth what are you eating oh man i want to say california burrito but i don't think if it was my last meal, i don't think it would be i think it would be like a it would have to be like italian because i do love italian um it'd probably be like a gnocchi skimpy with shrimp or something like that uh, but I want a, a side of some bread and some like balsamic and oh, yeah. olive oil. Yeah, you gotta have that. And I'm getting that. All right, <laughs> that sounds good to me. Yeah, no, I, that was one of my um, quarantine things. Is like uh, a, a couple times now I've made homemade gnocchi, and it's like it's so good. It's delicious but it okay. takes forever. Like it probably takes close to three hours from start to finish. Like, mm. cause you have to boil the potatoes and then make all the little things. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not three hours of constant work, but it's definitely, it's definitely not a weekly uh, yeah. <laughs> on the menu, but it's for, for special occasions and you got time on your hands. It's, it's uh, that's delicious. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, David. I was just gonna say thanks for having me on and everything. Um, oh, I was gonna ask. This is random. I was just thinking of it, but um, what's what's your like your family's ethnic background? You're not Italian. Um, I'm Italian. Yeah. Are you okay? Um, I was wondering. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. so Melly is not, I'm a quarter Irish and Melly is the quarter that's Irish. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, my mom's last name is Popolo and my mom's okay. whole side is Sicilian. Um, and then oh, my, oh, Sicilian. That's yeah, my dad's side's from Northern Italy, so I'm not like quite as dark. You can kind of tell in the summer, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Yeah, I was wondering. Probably Are you Italian? Is Avila Italian? No. I'm Spanish. Avila. Spanish. Yeah, so, uh, but same like you. I'm, I'm 25% Spanish and then I'm 75% British. So, um, oh. My dad's half and then my mom's from, my mom's from England, so I actually have dual passport uh, with the UK. And, uh, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where it comes <laughs> from. I'm pretty white because of the British side. And so. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny too, because where I grew up is uh, in San Diego. There's like different pockets as, as there is in the city. And the area that I grew up in is, is a large Hispanic population. And so I remember in high school when I met, I remember the first time I met AJ Acosta. Remember that name? Ran at Oregon. Yeah. From San Diego. And I remember, this is such a random story, but I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember in cross country, they have you in my boxes, right? On the start line. And AJ comes over and I knew who he was because he was like one of the best kids in the country. And he comes over and he goes, which one of you is Avila? And, and like, I raised my hand. And at the time I was like five foot two or five foot three. I had long hair down to like, I had like a bowl cut and I had frosted my tips in my hair. I don't know. <laughs> so I had like blonde bleached and then like brown. And I was just like me and I like pulled my hair across. And he was like, no, 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 Mexican kid. And I was like, it's me, man. But he was like, the last name is Avila. And I was like, dude, it's me. Like, <laughs> And I promise. Like, yeah, he was like, "Wait, why is it? Why? Why do you look in Chula Vista like a Hispanic?" But it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us. And uh, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. <laughs>